All right, you are tuned in to 28 Minutes or Less with S. Foster. And like I said before, this is the spinoff podcast of the Stolen Time Podcast. And the subject matter today, man, is I got I got a lot of stuff to get into today. You know, um, I got to get into this white boy beef of Eminem, MGK, and G Easy. You know, throwing in a little Joe Button because I got a I got a lot of stuff to say when it comes to the the factor of Joe Button being inside of this little beef. You know, with Eminem dropping Kamikaze. This previous past Friday, right? I got to get into Ozark, season two of Ozark. Um, I watched it all Sunday and Monday. So I finished that whole season in two days. Um, I got to get into Snowfall, man. Snowfall is, uh, you know, FX, man. I feel like it's an underrated show, man, that um, that John Singleton um, put together. And I want to get into a little bit of that. Also been watching um, Ballers and Insecure. It's like HBO got this thing where they have to be like released together because Ballers come on at ten and Insecure come on at ten thirty. And also, I'm looking forward to the Deuce and Shameless coming back. But this is where I'm gonna start. What I'm gonna start today is I just finished watching the season finale of Animal Kingdom, right? And so basically, an outlook of Animal Kingdom is, it's a show about this one. It's kind of like if you ever seen that movie, Mother's Boys, where like the mom got their kids out robbing people, killing people, or whatever the case may be, whatever the mom wants, like she has the kids do the things for them, right? And she has this one son, well, he... It's not her son. It's her grandson. She had, um, let me see. She had four boys. And, well, no, she had three boys and one daughter. Well, the daughter ended up passing away from a drug overdose. So she took a grandson in. And this is season one. And so, come to find out, her grandson father is one of the boys that she took in ever since he was like a little kid so she raised his dad like her own son and they kind of hid the fact that you know she kind of hid the fact that that was her that his dad like he didn't find out it was his dad until last season and um so that's one factor of it right there and his name is Jay so let me fast forward a little bit. So she gets caught up in some stuff. She gets locked up. And when she gets locked up, she puts Jay, which is the youngest, you know, she puts Jay in charge of everything over her three sons, over his uncles, right? So she chooses Jay to handle all of the business. She gave him power attorney over all of her properties, businesses. I mean, you name it, she put Jay in charge of it, right? So this is the thing with Jay, though. Jay always wanted to kind of stick it to her. Her name is Smurf, right? And he always wanted to kind of stick it to Smurf, right? So when she made him power of attorney, Jay started doing moves on his own. 
you know, as far as keeping the business going and all of this stuff like that, what Jay decided to do was Jay signed, like he took like three properties away from her and he made it look like the lawyer was the one that was scheming stuff behind her back because nobody thought she was getting out of jail. I mean, the police had so much stuff on her to the fact that, I mean, all of them thought that she wasn't going to never get out of jail. So she ended up getting out of jail. So Jay got to start covering his tracks. So Jay go kills the lawyer because she knew that was well, Smurf talked to her and said, look, I know what you're doing. I know you're trying to, um, you know, steal money from me. Nah, 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 all this little stuff or whatever, whatnot. So she tells, look, dude, it, it, it is so much going on. But like, so Jay go and kills her, right? Dump her body into the ocean. We cut her leg, dumped her in the ocean. So she got ate up by the sharks, all this little stuff like that, whatever, whatever. So now Smurf knows that it was Jay because Jay went and got some papers. Well, he told her, I just signed papers. I didn't know what I was signing. I didn't read them, nah, 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 all this little stuff. So when Smurf goes investigate, all right, who's the notary on the, you know, the papers that were signed? Come to find out there's this dude that's like fucking like 110 years old. And he lived two blocks away from what Jay and his mom used to live. So what Jay did was he stole the properties and made it seem like the lawyer lady did. So he dumped her out in the ocean, you know, cut her legs so she can get ate up by sharks. No, no, no. All this little stuff. But there's a whole bunch of little twisted stuff going on in there because she has this one son who I, he's delusional, man. Like he he really has some mental issues. Like he got locked up for a while. He's the oldest. He got locked up for a while, and now he's like raging out. Like he's they didn't show it, but I think he killed. Like his mom Smurf got him this prostitute or whatever. To kind of calm his nerves because he was just all amped up on anger. So they didn't show it, but they like it showed him having sex with the girl, right? So he's sitting there smashing it from the back, but he's looking like he's not satisfied, like he's about to cry. Then they skip to the next scene. He's driving down the truck with no clothes on, basically running stop signs, running to this car, gets out of his truck and like blames it on a lady that he ran into her, start hitting her car with a crowbar. So then he goes to his ex-girlfriend's house crying and then he shows up at Smurf's house with blood all on his hands. So I don't know if he killed the prostitute lady, killed his ex-girlfriend. I don't know, but the dude is bugging out. It's, it's so much going on with that show. I can't get into all of it, but I'm telling you, if you're looking for something to watch, it's on season three now, but Animal Kingdom is off the chain. All right. Ozark. Lord, I don't even know where to start when it comes to Ozark. Ozark. Basically, if, if you go back to season one, right? So it's, it's a Jason Bateman show. Jason Bateman' name is Marty, and Marty is like the accountant 
do for some the Mexican cartel, right? So it started out in the first season where basically him and his partner, they found out that his partner was skimming money from the cartel. On top of him skimming money from the cartel, Marty finds out that his wife is cheating on him. So Marty has to leave to move to this place called Ozark. And so he's getting ready to move to this new town, which is in um, Missouri. It's in Missouri. Is Kansas City in Missouri? I think it's Missouri. So he moves to Missouri to this, like, it's like a fucking dump. But before he leaves, he basically tells his wife he knows what's going on. She goes to go break it off. And then all of a sudden, body just lands, like, look like out of the fucking sky. So that dude is dead. So anyway, so they move to this new town, you know, up in Ozark, right? So what Marty does, he has to go buy these businesses because, you know, you have to clean the money. You can't just get the money and just spend it. You know, you have to have the money has to be taxed, all this type stuff. So this isn't a situation where you sitting here with. You know what I'm saying? A hundred million dollars and you just go spend it. The government is going to flag you and be like, damn, how is this dude buying all this stuff with no record of it? So he goes to the small town, which is it's a place where they have like seasonal uh, people come like in the summer or something like that. So he buys this place called the Big Cat. It's like a bar and it's like a bar slash restaurant. And, you know, he buys all this other little stuff, whatever, whatnot. So he, it's, it's something like where you have to, if you ever seen that movie, it's a Denzel Washington movie called Out of Time. One, one of my favorite Denzel movies was basically you're on the edge of your, uh, of your seat throughout the whole movie, right? Because every time you think he's going to get caught he finds a way to you know slither out of that situation so basically season one in a nutshell is Marty he, he gets the businesses that he need to get he finds a place to stay and he finds a way to clean the drug dealer's money right without incriminating itself. Now, the FBI is on his ass. They just can't prove anything. Alright? So, that basically sounds like every movie or every TV series that's in this realm of this conversation. So, let's move to season two. So, season two, of course, the FBI is still on his back, but let me tell you what happened at the end of season one. At the end of season one, the big cat. He bought the big cat from this lady. Now, she still, her name is still on the lease and everything. But she was trying to figure out what was going on with Marty. She was like, he's, he's doing something dirty. So she ended up figuring it out. She found some money in the wall. She grabbed, I don't know, maybe 200 grand from the wall and leaves. So that's how it ends, right? That she stole the money. Okay. Well, they catch up with her in season two 
She's turned into a drug addict. Nah, nah, nah. So she gets in a car, drunk, high, everything. Runs into a pole. So the FBI dude that was on Marty's ass in season one knows that she worked with Marty. So he got her like, look, I can put you down. I can put you away for years. Now what I want you to do is to wear a wire, go back. So I can, you know, get evidence on Marty, right? So anytime you get an informant like that, usually you get caught. Okay. So back to season two. So now she's wearing a wire. She goes back. Marty's like, what the hell you been? I know you stole my money, but Marty can't completely shut her out because he still needs her. Okay, so then this is the one thing that I don't like about the character Marty. One thing I don't like about Marty is Marty can be condescending. He can he can be sort of an asshole to the people that he needs. Okay, so that's the one lady that works at the Big Cat. Now, this young girl that he's been using, he used her through season one and season two. And she controls one of the strip clubs that he bought. So he put her completely in charge of it. Now, the FBI is on her too because the FBI agent was fucking her uncle in season one. Yeah, he's gay. And also, she killed her uncle. Because her uncle was going to kill Marty. So she chose Marty over her uncle. Now, her uncle used to treat her like shit and beat her up. Nah, 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 all this stuff. But, you know, there were situations where she would need Marty. And Marty would kind of like shove her off. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like there was one scene where the FBI agent caught her. And, it, and he did it on purpose. He's seen the cartel people across the street. And like, he's like grabbing her, like, you know, like their friend. To, like, so when, when the uh, cartel people took a picture of her, it made it look like they was cool. So she's shaking up because he's threatening her with all of this stuff. And like her dad just got out of jail. He's on some crazy shit. So her dad is trying to get her to steal money from Marty. On top of trying to keep himself out of jail, like this, like they're like the typical like trailer trash. You know what I'm saying? She's trying to make a come up. She sees that Marty is her opportunity to make a come up. She knows she can't steal from Marty because she knows that's cartel money. So if she stole from Marty, which which her dad don't understand, the cartel is going to find you and they're going to kill you and kill everybody that you know, everybody that you love. So she knows she can't steal this money from Marty, but she has to pretend that she's still down for her dad because she don't want her dad to flip out on him. So that's one aspect there. Now, Marty's wife is in the politics. So 
they want to the big thing in season two is they're trying to get this casino built and they're trying to get casino license. So she's using her politics connect also blackmailing people, but they kind of blackmail them back by not on not only wanting to build a casino, but also build hotels, theme park, all of the shit, right? But there's a catch to it. They want to build on the land of a dude that has what heroin poppies, whatever, cocaine poppies or whatever. He got like poppy fields full of fucking cocaine. They want to build on his land. Now, he's also working with Marty. He didn't want to work with Marty, but he didn't have a choice. So all this shit is all tied in together. So Marty has to try to keep my man happy that got the poppy pills. He got to keep the cartel happy. On top of dealing with his wife, on top of dealing with the two other two women that he's dealing with, on top of dealing with his daughter who's starting to smoke weed, she wants to get emancipated. Like, there's like so much going on in this show, man. It is insane. And see, I love shows like that. That's why I like power. Now, I'm not going to get into power because if you want to catch my opinions on power, I always wait till I get with Uncle Washington on the Stolen Time podcast because that's a show that me and him would both watch. So we both can talk about it, which we'll probably talk about the deuce also because that's another show that me and him watch and Shameless. So I probably won't get into those shows. Simply because those are shows that Uncle Washington watch that I also watch. So, to get back to my point, I like those shows where there's so much like chaos to where you see a person try to slither out of a situation. To me, that stuff is very entertaining. Netflix is making a come up, man. And... You know, when you look at shows like Ozark and Orange is the New Black, um, what's another show that I be all on? And, and like I started something else. Um, I'm on the fourth episode. Um, it's like Inside of a Killer's Mind or Inside of a, no, Inside of a Criminal's Mind, something like that, where it's like, they cover cults. They cover people that kidnap people. They cover um, um, the one I'm on right now. It's about John Gotti, Al Capone. Um, who, who's the other dude? Uh, damn, I can't remember. But they're doing stuff like that. You know, you think about shows like Mindhunter. Mindhunter was very good. Like. I'm still waiting on season two of My Hunters to come out. That is a very, very, very good show. But let's get into the shits. Eminem, Machine Gun Kelly, G Easy, Joe Button. So Eminem drops a surprise album, Kamikaze. I listened to half of it. I haven't finished it yet. It sounds better than Revival. Um, 
He pretty much spends the whole album going after and attacking people that criticize his album. Um, is that the smartest thing to do? I I wouldn't think so. Simply because when when you when you go down that road, it, it can be a never ending trip. You know what I'm saying? It's something where that, that can go on continuously. Because let let's be honest, you you you're never gonna for number one, you're never gonna satisfy everyone. Okay. Number two, when you've been out as long as Eminem has been out, he's gonna have albums that are not as good. And I think by dropping this album so soon. And taking the approach that he took on this one, even he thinks that revival wasn't that well. Now Eminem has done this before. He done this with Relapse because he said that what was that album called? Um, no, 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 no. He did it on Recovery, saying it about Relapse, saying that Relapse wasn't good, right? So, he said that album was whack, but he came out on this one attacking everybody. He went, there was some subs where people thought that he was going after Drake, went after Joe Button, went after Machine Gun Kelly. He said that his verse on Renegade was better than Jay-Z's, which it was, but the Blueprint, the album, none of Eminem albums are better than the Blueprint. I'm just throwing that out there. He went, and then what I thought was funny was, so he says basically he won't go after Big Sean, Kendrick, and Cole. Now, Big Sean, I understand they both from the D. Um, but I just think it's funny that he chose those guys. Why wouldn't he go after those guys? And it made me think, when you really look back at Eminem's career, who really did he attack? Eminem don't really attack so-called viable rappers or people that are known for battling. If you really, really think about it. And other than Ja Rule, but we know the situation of him going after Ja Rule. We know why he did that. The whole thing with 50 Cent, 50 Cent was his guy, all this stuff. So he went after Machine Gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly comes back with Eminem had Rap God, he had Rap Devil. He also went on Hot 97. Went after M-N-G-Eazy. Now, Machine Gun Kelly response, he murdered M. And he called M out. And the whole reason that... <laughs> the whole reason that he went after... 
Oh man, this this stuff is so crazy. Machine Gun Kelly said like I can't remember how many years ago, maybe six years ago, five, six years ago, he said that Haley was hot. Now, with M being a father, okay, yeah, it might have pissed him off. Now, people try to throw out the fact that, oh, well, she was, I, I think, I think she might have been 16 or 17 at the time. But Machine Gun Kelly ain't that much older than her either. So, he didn't like that. Now, from what Machine Gun Kelly says, he says that he blackballed him from Shea 45, so he can't go on Sway's show. Um, among some other things that kind of blackballed MGJ's career. Because if you think about it, you don't really hear much from Machine Gun Kelly anymore. So he's saying that he's blackballed his career. Nah, 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 just completely railroaded the dude. So this kind of really woke him up. And he went at him. Now, as far as fandom, this is another situation like, I don't want to say Drake Meek Mill because I don't think any of Meek Mill's responses. Okay, Drake and Pusha T, right? When when you look at now, me being me, I I liked it the dope the dopey freestyle better than story of Adi done. Now, but he didn't really go after Pusher. It was mainly at Kanye. But Push came back. Now, did Push win that battle? Yeah, he won that battle, but at the end of the day, Drake's going to win the war. That's just like Machine Gun Kelly and Eminem. Machine, Machine Gun Kelly don't have the fanfare that an Eminem has. Now, if you're talking about people who cares about real rap, okay, yeah, they're going to say, hey, look, MGK got him this time. At the end of the day, people still going to say, you know, M, because how popular Eminem is. But Machine Gun Kelly coming back with some stuff that makes people go back and look at him, which I would get into here in a second when it comes to Joe Button, because Joe Button expo exposed some stuff that make you look back at Machine Gun Kelly points and like, damn, that's kind of fucked up. All right. G-Eazy. Machine Gun Kelly come out and say that he fought G-Eazy girl. Okay. Now, apparently, this was before g Easy dated her, but he wanted to point out that he had sex with her. So g Easy comes back with a response. I forget the name of the song, but he's basically saying, don't disrespect my girl again, nah, nah, nah. And like I say, man, what I like about g Easy, man, g Easy say the shit so smooth. It's like it's effortless. And I mentioned this before, him and... 21 Savage, like the way they rap, like it's like lazy. And it and it and it's like effortless. Like it seems like they're not putting in a lot of effort. And I like that. But G Easy come back with a response, which is cool. But I don't think the the way G Easy raps, he's not a battler, man. Like he's not a guy 
He's not a guy that I really want to hear in a beef. I get why he responded. Anytime you bring up somebody else's girl, I can understand the response part of it. So, Machine Gun Kelly, this dude just, hey, he's ready for all the smoke right now. All the smoke. And I like that. I really do. I like his response. I like this freestyle. On um on Flex Show. Um I like how G Easy put in there a little bit of, you know, cause he did it on Flex Show on Hot 97. And if the people that don't know, Hot 97 and Power 105, you know, they're both in New York. They both battle every morning for, you know, because they come on at the same time. So, I think, what, 6 to 10 or something like that? So, they battling for listeners in New York. Now, the Breakfast Club is syndicated, so they play everywhere. So, the point I'm making is G-Eazy says, you know, Power 105 Breakfast Club is where it is, where it's at, nah, 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 all this stuff. So, that's like a little shot being thrown at him going to Hot 97 and rapping there. But... Let's get the Joe button. Joe. Joe went in on his podcast. And the things that he went in on, like Joe went back to the beginning. And. Explained a lot of things. And it makes you look back at him and like, damn, man, like. When you look at the fallout of D12, when you look at the fallout of Slaughterhouse, and you think about Eminem's music since Dr. Dre, what's my man's name, um, did the headphones with Dr. Dre, um, damn, his name slipped my mind, but when they left, think about the albums Eminem put out after Dr. Dre left. They're not the same. And, and Charlemagne mentioned this, and I would have to agree. The line that he threw at Joe by basically saying that Joe smacks women and, you know, all this little stuff. Now, you can say that there was allegations. But look at the content matter that Eminem's been doing all these years, especially in the beginning. All he talked about was slapping up his mom. Fuck, fuck her. Nah, nah, nah. Fuck him. I kill her. He makes plenty of songs talking about killing Kim. Now, you can sit back and say, oh, but that's art. He never actually killed Kim. And you can say that Joe actually has an allegation of smacking a woman. But... So, if you want to make that point, I get it. But when you just think about the music that Eminem put out and all the shit he talked about, Britney Spears, all the shit he talked about with Christina Aguilera, the beef he got into with um, Mariah Carey. It's like, damn, dude, like you attack a lot of women and then you want to get on Joe for allegedly smacking a woman. So, I thought that line was kind of, you know, 
But Joe goes into how the Slaughterhouse music was changed when it went to M. They had no control over it. M, you know, people around M saying he was too big to go on tour. Um, all of this stuff. And it made you think, like, when you look back at all the people that M was around, you're like, man, business-wise, what are, what are these guys doing? What did, what did M do business-wise to help these guys out? And it make you... It make you look back at the Machine Gun Kelly thing. It's like, okay, so if Joe's saying the things that he's saying that Eminem did to railroad people, and MGK saying the same thing, and him and Joe don't even communicate, you like, damn, man. Is Eminem doing things where he ain't helping his team out? It make you think. Joe is like, He thinks that M is clout chasing a little bit on calling out these younger rappers' names and going after all of these people who criticize his album and all this stuff and throwing in the line about him. And Joe's like, if you wanna, if you wanna battle me, just drop a song. Don't put it on the album. Don't put it on something where you can actually profit from. Because from what I'm hearing, I believe he's gonna do like 320. In two weeks. So M is doing the numbers. He always did numbers. But what Joe's saying is, okay, basically say my name one more time and I will come out of retirement. The other big news is Joe is saying the past decade, I have been better than you. He said, I couldn't say that back then. But he said, right now, I can say, I'm better than you. So, people taking that statement and running with it. Because Joe said, all you do is say a lot of words that make them rhyme. And it's funny Joe said that because MGK said the same damn thing. He said, for a guy that just stays in his house, sheltered, Looking at the dictionary, when you go back and really listen to M, now look, don't get me wrong, I still love M. Now, M to me is a little like J. Cole in a way. If you listen to the Stolen Time podcast, you notice I say a lot when I speak on J. Cole. I can't listen to J. Cole every day. The only album I can listen to at any point is Friday Night Lights. For me, that album with M is Encore. But there's times where it's like, I don't want to listen to M. So they're similar to me in that way. I can't listen to M like that. So... M I'm starting to question him a little bit, man. Cause as great of a rapper that he is, 
He's not the businessman. And all of this coming out with an album just attacking people is a little strange. And for Joe to say, I've been better than you the past decade. What M dropped was last decade. He dropped. I'm trying to think this relapse fall in there. So you probably got relapse, recovery, Martha Mathers, uh, LP2, revival, and now this kamikaze. And when I go back, I like one song, me personally, on Relapse, 3 a.m., probably two on Relapse, Won't Back Down, um, what was the other track? Spacebound, which he talks about killing uh, another female. Um... What's the other joint? Um, I can't even name a joint off of um, off of uh, the LP Marshall Mathers too. I just I just didn't dig it that well. So I don't think Joe's statement is that crazy. A small part of me wants. Eminem to attack Joe because Joe was so hyped and people were trying to make fun of him. Oh man, this dude is sweating with a white beat on. If you listen to Joe Button's podcast, he's a very passionate dude. And I've been listening to Rage, Rage in the Machine the past couple of days. I kind of want Joe to come out of retirement. It'll be great podcast talk. This would be something that I would want to talk about with Scoots Bronson because I I I would want I would really want to hear what Joe has to say over a beat. You know, and I like what he had to say in podcast form, but over a beat, it would it would be interesting because Joe has went after top name people, but to hear him and Eminem go back and forth, it would be a great thing to hear. I'm just saying, that's just my opinion. Um, I'm going to go ahead and end this thing, but it has been a very interesting week, you know, because... I just don't understand Eminem's angle here, man. I don't, I don't, I don't know why he feels he has to go after everyone who criticizes his album. It's like if you want to do that, you know, they was talking about it on Ebro in the morning. They was like, you know, look, you know, Ebro, like I said something negative about you. Why can't I get a shout out? You know what I'm saying? So it's like you you picking your back, and then Charlemagne was like, dude, you didn't really. Diss me. He was like, 
You basically gave me a shout out twice on your album. And when your name is being said, you know, let's say it's some Eminem fans who don't know who Charlemagne is. And then they go start listening to The Breakfast Club. And then it's like that just gets Charlemagne more notoriety. You know? So I don't really understand this angle. But I am pretty sure that I, I just feel that M's not gonna respond. That's just that's just my opinion. I don't think he will. I w- I want him to, cause it would be great to talk about. I just don't think he would do it. Um, like I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and end this thing. Um, you know what? Fuck it. Let me get into it. So ballers, right? So ballers. You know, the show with The Rock got uh, John David Washington in it, Denzel Washington's son. And, like, Ballers, it is so fucking funny because (laughs) uh, man, I forget his name on the show. But Denzel Washington's son, John David, his character is he now moved out to L.A. with his girlfriend, um, who's had his child, and now he, he did retire. Now, last season, he retired from football, and now he not had, she not had the baby, and he sought out. Well, the reason he retired because he was having problems with his brain. Uh, he thought he had some stuff going on with CTE, so he kind of retired. So now... He's stuck in the house with this girl all day. And he got this baby. Now he's like, man, I'm trying to get back in the league. So now he's trying to get back in the league. The Rock is a like a financial advisor. And then he he not got into X Games, which is funny. A guy who played football and all his clients are football players. And now you you skip basketball, you skip baseball, you go into X Games. So then he get into Russell Brand's business, this fucking clown. And like he fucking um spending money. He spent was it a million or three million? It was I think it was either a million or three million dollars on just like this video. So they go to him pissed off. Him like the Rock and his uh, partner goes to him all pissed off about him spending all his money on one video. So Rock goes off on the tantrum. You're fired. No, no, no. All this shit. But what he didn't take in consideration is he thought that he would just get my man's clients, Russell Brand's clients, no problem. But all his clients was loyal to Russell Brand and they wouldn't leave him. So the Rock had to go back, try to apologize. My man didn't want to take the high road. So he ended up saying, fuck you anyway. So there's a bunch going on in that show. Um, I think Ballers is, I mean, what I like about Ballers is this is a show that's straight to the point. It's only a 30 minute show. So that's really good. So if you get a chance, check out Ballers. Now, Insecure, Issa is wilding. Like, I don't know what this girl is doing this season. Um, you know, Issa is working two jobs, she's a Lyft driver. She ran into this dude that she thought was cute that she picked up on the lift. <laughs> it ended up being one of the carpool lifts, and she had a girl in the car with her. But anyway, 
the other passenger lights up, a, you know, lights up a blunt. Get end up getting into a fight with the other dude because she told him to put out the blunt. He was like, "Oh man, this is a party lift. Nah, fuck that. Nah, nah, nah." So Issa is staying over her ex boyfriend's house, sleeping on the couch while my man is banging chicks out. Then she asks him to give her a heads up when he's going to bring a girl over. But what she thinking in her head is, well, if I tell you to give me a heads up, then maybe you would know that it bothers me that you fucking chicks while I'm here that you wouldn't do it. But (laughs) like the next day, he gave her a heads up. So she like kind of has feelings for him. But she don't. Like she don't want to be with him, but she do. You know how that could be. So then she gets with this the the, the dude that he not popped back in the picture. My man that was in the lift. She goes and get butt naked in the pool with him. And then she she's having conversations with him. So now she's reevaluating her life, looking at things she got going on. Now she is coming to a crossroads of where because she ended up moving out of Daniel's house, her ex-boyfriend's house. She moves out of there, gets an apartment, and she's also a manager of the apartment. So she's a manager of an apartment now. She works at the uh uh I got y'all place, and she's a lift driver. Now she's looking at after talking to dude, she's looking at the I um the I got y'all place. Because they had like this seminar thing where she met with other people who does the same type of jobs that she does. Now she wants to work at this other place. Now she just quit the one job. I got y'all. And she wants to go work at this other place that's similar to the place she works at. Now, it is all kinds of shit going on in there, man. Insecure is good. But I'm going to be honest with you. Is 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 kind is kind of dying down a bit, if that makes sense. But like I said, man, I'm gonna go ahead and end this thing, man. Look, shout out to my homie Sinclair. I got some stuff coming up soon with him. Um, shout out to my co-host on the Stolen Time podcast, Uncle Washington. Shout out to the Already Home podcast. With Scoots Bronson, Detroit Gan. Me and him was just actually writing each other. He listened to the other podcast and he's getting on me about his Buckeyes. But um, also, man, shout out to Mark. Um, shout out to Casey, man, who supplied all the music that you're hearing in the background today. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I always appreciate everything that my man do and the support that he has for this podcast. And Damn, I don't even think I said it, man. This is episode two early in the 28 minutes or less. And I went over 28 minutes today, as you can hear and as you can see. But that's all good. But like I said, this is episode two of this podcast. And your boy is out.